0: the kids for giving me an incredible backdrop in which to teach today. I'm sitting there. You know, I'm, I'm often not the fastest, you know, bullet out of the barrel. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And as the kids were coming out, you know, I caught some of them. I even knew a little bit about this because of some comments made before. You know, I saw McKenzie and saw the, the shamrock and lucky star. I kind of, I got that one. I, I kind of missed the falling star until he fell. and went, Falling star. But then, bang, bang, shooting star, right over my head, man. So I'm going, wow. But you know what's really incredible is, is that, you know, there's a comment made about the North Star. And, of course, you know, here, it was Maddie here, the, the, the first star out, you know. And the North Star, you know, have you ever noticed how in the stars at the night, it's awful hard to pick out the most important stars? Like, like if you want to go somewhere, you find the North Star and use that as your direction, and I could not today point out the North Star to you if you paid me. I just don't know where it is. I've, always, I've asked people in Africa. We've been to Africa. I said, so where's the North Star? And we can't find it. We were, we were somewhere recently here in America. I'm going, so where's the North Star? Couldn't find it. So one, please show me where the North Star is so in case I ever get lost, I can find my way home. But you know what happens in Christmas. Isn't it incredible how that of all the stars of Christmas and we've got Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and we've got Santa Claus and we've got Frosty the snowman and we've got food and we've got family and we've got gifts and we've got Christmas trees and we've got sleighs and all those things. just an incredible part of our holiday, but it's awfully easy to miss the most important star of all. And David, you're right. Maddie said it correctly. correctly. And that is this. That I enjoy being, we enjoy being the star. We enjoy all the stars of Christmas. And yet the most important star is Jesus Christ. We spent the last three weeks talking about how the Bible begins in Genesis and and talks about the promise of someone who is going to come and deliver us from our sin. And and then we moved over to to when the children of Israel were were in Egypt and how they slaughtered a lamb. And that looked forward to a day when the Lamb of God would come. And then we moved on to Isaiah 53 and this very vivid portrayal of this Messiah. He would be wounded for us, he would be pierced for us. And then we find ourselves today in Galatians chapter 4 in the New Testament looking at that wonderful, wonderful star of Jesus. You know, the Bible says there, it says, in the fullness of time. I put on the marquee as a teaser, maybe hoping to get someone here this morning. You know, you know we know where Jesus was born. You know, I, you know, some people say, well, when was Jesus actually born? I just got to let somebody go, oh, I'm going to go find out when Jesus was born, because we know. We know. Most likely it wasn't December 25th. In fact, let's just be honest. It wasn't December 25th. We celebrate December 25th because the Romans had this holiday on December the 25th. And somewhere way back in, in church history, the Catholic Church, some popes said, let's celebrate that to kind of work with the Romans. And so that's why we have December 25th. It has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus in that selection. But we know when he was born. When he was born. Probably spring, early summer, because that's when shepherds would have been in the field. But I know when he was born. Because Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, in the fullness of time. Jesus was born when God said, Be born. You know, it's so funny. We kind of have due dates, you know, and the babies, but they really come kind of when they want to. And that's never been truer in the case of Jesus Christ. He chose. The time of his birth. It's amazing, really. If you stop and think about why Dwayne, why 2,100 years ago? Why not 100 years ago? Why not, why not 3,000 years before that? You know, so many people were being born and dying and stuff, and they needed this idea of this Jesus star. Why, why then? It's so cool. We get some hints. Of course, in the time of Jesus' birth, the Roman Empire was at its height. And that did three things that were incredible. First off, there was this thing called the the Pax Roma, the the forced peace of Rome. The known world that Jesus lived in and all that area was under the mighty thumb of Rome. And because of that, there was a great time of peace and it fostered a time when Jesus could be born. Even though the Jewish people were under oppression. During that time, to this day, you can go over to, to the Roman Empire area and you still see today the roads that Rome built. And this wonderful highway made it possible for this good news to spread. And it was only possible because Jesus chose that time for Jesus to be born. Even the language. The language of the day, the common language of the day, was what they called Koine Greek. It was the language, the common man's language throughout the empire. It's the language that the New Testament is written in. And it gave us a possibility, a way to spread the gospel verbally throughout the empire. Jesus was born when he was born because God said so. And he chose this great time when society was ready. So when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, born under the law. This is like so incredible. You've got to get this. When the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman. Way back in Genesis 3, that first promise, it was made that the seed of a woman Would provide redemption for men. Way back then. And thousands of millennia a year later, we see Jesus Christ being born. Born of a woman. Born under the law. You know what's incredible about that? We all know about law. What what happens when you break the law? If if you're speeding down the highway and you're going more than five over and you see Hobie on the other side of the road and you're doing 95, Hobie's going to come see you. He's just like a friend. He'll come in, and he'll make you feel special and turns his little lights on for you. You know? And you pull over, you know, and he greets you with, Merry Christmas, how are you? Or something like, Did I see your license and registration. You break the law, see? There's consequences. And the deal is, the law was given by God. One reason the law was given was to point out our iniquity, our shortcomings, when it comes to the holiness of God. But Jesus... Born under the law. You know what that means? He was under the full effect of the law. And yet like any other person, he lived sinlessly. In Isaiah 7 14, the Bible says that a virgin would conceive and bring forth a son. And that's really radical. That's a cool story for Christmas. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. But not with the earthly man. But with God as Father. And he was born Emmanuel, God in the flesh, God with us. He lived this incredibly sinless life so that he could die for our sins. Born under the law. And why was that? To redeem those under the law. Here we are. And we sinned against Holy God. We couldn't keep the law. Everyone has sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and controlled the glory of God. And we got this huge sin debt with God, a debt we couldn't pay. And no way it could be paid by the shedding of blood, innocent blood. And because Jesus had no sin of his own, he could die for our sin to redeem those under the law. The Bible said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's the Christmas story. It's really about redemption. It's about God's plan to redeem His people so they could come back in a relationship with Him. And you know what's really crazy? Can't you say what's crazy? We talk about all the stars of Christmas. There are other stars that compete with Jesus, like our good works. There's this philosophy out there is that there's this giant scale outside in eternity. And as you live your life, if you are very bad, the scale tips this way, and God says, oops. And you spend eternity separated from Him. But if you're really good and you're moral and you give lots of money to the church, then the scale tips this way and you get to go to heaven. That's a false star. It's just not in there. In fact, the story of Christmas really isn't about church. It's not about religion. It's about, not about good or bad. It's about for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those born under the law might be to be redeemed. And and watch this. That we might receive the adoption of sons. This is incredible. This is incredible. First off, if you're here today and you've been adopted, sometimes people go, oh, you're adopted, huh? Whoa, time out. You're like way super special. See, when kids are born to parents, there's no return policy. It's, you know, it's kind of like you, know, you just get what comes. You know, your, your brother was born one day and you can't say, I don't want this one. Take it back to Walmart. But do you understand, if you're adopted today, that means somebody chose you. Whether you were adopted as a baby or a child, someone said, I want you to be mine. And that's the picture that Paul prints. Yes, the Bible talks about being born again. But, but it talks about we receive the adoption of sons. It's God's way of saying, I choose you. I want you. I like you. And see that word, adoption of sons? This is so cool. You know, I have a grand, grandson. Finally had one of those. Don't know what to do with it yet, but I'm working on it. But i got this grandson. He doesn't know it yet. He's like the male heir. He, he, you know, when you got daughters, boys marry them. And they go from being, in my case, Taylors to Guest, or Taylors to Johnston, or Taylors to Chapel. So like, who's going to carry on my name? Well, Ethan came along. He had the last name Guest, but they named him Taylor in the middle. So perpetually, he's going to be Ethan Taylor Guest. And he do not know it yet, but he's the male heir to my name. Now, one day he'll understand that. He gets a little bit older. Pop will say, let's go to Walmart. He's going to really understand it. <laughs> he gets a little bit of special treatment because he's the boy. Here's what's cool. When you... When you receive this awesome gift of Jesus Christ, when you receive the greatest gift of Christmas, when you accept Jesus Christ and make a commitment to Him in your life, God doesn't say, okay, now you're this any tiny baby in the family. He adopts you as a son. And what He's saying is, you get all the rights, and all the privileges, and all the titles, and all the resources of the family. Today, the you come into the family. I sent you to a message this week. It was so incredible. The idea of adoption wasn't even present in Roman culture. They didn't adopt children. They did not adopt children. They referenced the fact that children often died. But in Roman times, when, when adoption was given, it was given as an adult. It wasn't uncommon for a man to be 30, 40 years old to be adopted. In fact, they're saying that, that Julius Caesar adopted his own wife to ensure that, that the regency would be passed on. Down tradition, God wants to give you today the adoption of sons. I watch this, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son, and your hearts crying out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. When I know it's incredibly hard to understand, but when you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, God comes and lives within inside of you, and the form of His Holy Spirit. And the first thing he teaches us, he's our counselor, he's our help, he's our best friend, but he teaches us to cry out, Abba, Father. Now, we know what Father means, right? You know, Father's the guy, you know, the male guy, okay? But we don't get the Abba part. You know what the Abba part is? It's so cool. Abba is an Aramaic word. And they went to translate the New Testament. There wasn't a word really in the Greek that would say what that said. So they left it even today as Abba. And you know what it means? Daddy. Daddy. When Jesus in the garden of me, he even says, Abba, Father. Jesus calling up to the Father says, Daddy. And I know this, some of you may go, wait a minute, that's irreverent. No, it's non scriptural. Here's what God is saying today I sent my son to redeem you because our fellowship our relationship was broken. And the only way I can redeem you is by my son going and dying on a cross. So what I'm allowing him to do is be born of a virgin, strap on a human body, live a perfectly sinless life, and then at age 30, he's got 33, he's going to lay his life down. He's not going to be murdered, he's not going to be martyred. He's going to willingly lay his life down. Third day, he's going to get up again. He's going to resurrect, he's going to live forever. If I love you so much, I'm willing to do that. And I don't want to be just your God. Are you glad God's your God? Sure. Because I want to go beyond that. I want to even go beyond Father. That sometimes carried this rigid idea. I don't, want, I don't want to be just your rule giver. I want to be your daddy. I bet there's some people here today that have never heard that. You may be here for the first time in church a long time. And you say, yeah, I know about church. That's where you've got to be good to go or that's where you've got to keep the rules. I've I've heard about that. Well, maybe you ought to keep the rules. And I really think you ought to go to church. It's not that bad of a place. But I bet you've never heard the concept that God wants to be your daddy. And that carries a sense of intimacy. I'm telling you, when these three grandchildren of mine call me "papa." It's very special. In fact, I've got three, four undeleted messages on my phone. One of them has been there over a year. It's my granddaughter Faith going, Papa, this is Faith. And I just listen to it every once in a while. It's been over a year, Faith. You called me last December, and I left it on the phone. One is Hope. Papa? Papa? And one is Ethan grunting because he can't say Papa yet. It's so special. It means something to me. And God, listen, listen, listen. God longs for you to be able to call Him Father. To be able to call Him Daddy. It's not about keeping rules. It's not about keeping rules. It's about for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's about a manger, but it's about a cross. It's about an empty tomb. and It's about a throne now where Jesus reigns. You know what's really crazy? Let me authenticate this for you. Do you not think it just a little strange that after 2,100 years, we're talking about a carpenter born in total obscurity? No one should know this man. And yet his name is known around the world today. And do you want to know why? Because he's the Son of God. He's just not known in America. Millions of people in China know the name Jesus. Millions, not as many millions, but millions know him in Africa. In the darkness of that region, they know the name of Jesus. And why? He should, we shouldn't even know this. But we do. Because of who he is. Would you bow your heads right there where you are? I love to receive gifts, I just love it. But nothing can ever compare to the gift I received 35 years ago. I was already in church, I led worship in a church, I was very religious. Very churchy and very lost. On October 26, 1975, I met Jesus. I'm telling you, it's been a great ride. It's been a great ride. And we want to invite you and give you the opportunity to receive this great gift called Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with church and nothing to do with being a Baptist. It has to do with you, God. And God's way to get you in relationship with Him. Well, how do we do that, Dwayne? Well, it really isn't a magic prayer per se. There's not a magic set of words. But I really believe it, it does involve believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It involves definitely believing that He lived a perfect life and died for your sins. And it definitely believes Him validating that claim of being God in the flesh by resurrecting the third day. And it involves a commitment, not a simple prayer, a commitment to say, Jesus, I want to follow you the rest of my life. That's what being a believer means, being a Christian means, following Jesus for the rest of your life. In just a few minutes, I'm going to have Brother Brent come down front. He's going to be staying here for our invitation time. I called him, I think it was last week, I called him the answer man. He's got the answer. And the answer is Jesus Christ. And we got some friends. If you want to come, I know there's a huge crowd today. And you may say, I just can't do that. That's cool. The only reason I'm asking you to do it is because I want you to talk to the answer man. I want someone to take the Bible and show you what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. How to make that commitment. But I like also what that preacher said this week. The invitation doesn't close now. I'll be standing at the back door. I'll be glad to talk with you. Our numbers in the phone book, we'll glad to talk with you. You've got friends who've made this commitment they'll be glad to talk with you. I always think it'd be a shame to go through the Christmas holiday and miss what Christmas is all about. And Jesus is what it's all about. Would you pray with me, please? Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to share today and for what we have experienced from the baby dedication to the chaired choir, to our children's choir, and from your precious word that you tell the story that when the time was right, you sent your son, to redeem us, to buy us back. And you allow us to call you daddy. And I find that very, very incredible today. So, Father, speak to hearts. We're not calling, you're not calling men and women to church, you're not calling them to religion, you're not calling them to keeping rules. You're calling them to an intimacy and a commitment to you through your son, Jesus Christ. So speak to your hearts of your people and draw them to yourself. Jesus, I pray this in your name.